What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. We've got almost the full crew. We've got Cade. We've got Josh. And coming back from his uh, stint on the uh, injury reserve, whatever we're going to call it, Evan's <laughs> back with us. Evan, we're glad you're back. Cade, Josh, we're always always glad to have you guys. So uh, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, kind of go over uh you know the the last i guess four games uh since we uh last had a show so um you know starting out last wednesday the the 108 110 uh loss to miami Cade, we talked about last week we thought yeah. we only had to score 100 points <laughs> i guess you got to score a little bit more to beat miami well um miami shoot, hitting 24 threes was not on my bingo card for the night so other than that i mean Tyler Hero set his season high, but he did not set his career high because that came later in the week when he scored 43, so um, always a plus. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, giving up 24 threes, they shot 56. I don't know how you beat that whenever you only hit nine threes. Um, SGA had another close to 20, 30-point game. Um, Gideon Dort were okay in the offense, so uh, not too much to take away from it other than a close loss against a pretty solid team. Yeah, um, Kate, I mean, I have to agree with you. You know, Tyler Hero just went off. and um, But like you said, you know, when you only hit – Nine threes, it's hard to um, score. But, um, you know, people can complain about the refs all they want to. But, I mean, in the end, we just didn't make the plays and didn't get the job done. I thought Josh Giddy got fouled. I mean, that's a talk for another time. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I just thought Thunder just didn't do quite enough to get the job done. But it was a really entertaining basketball game. You you guys have mentioned the threes. And it's not even just the makes. Obviously, the, the makes are what matters. Mm-hmm. But it it's the yep. attempts. I think it was back-to-back games of franchise high attempts allowed for the Thunder. And then you fast forward to, I know we'll get to the most recent game here pretty quick. But against the Blazers, the Blazers shoot 43% from three. But they, they get up 37. So a normal amount instead of the mid fifties. And mm-hmm. it wasn't just the attempts. It was, it was, or it wasn't just the makes. It was the attempts. Like the Thunder just weren't taking anywhere close to the amount of threes that the heat did earlier this week. And they, it was good to see him kind of balance that out uh, by allowing a, a normal amount as, as the week went on. Yeah. And then jumping right over into Friday's game, another two point loss at home to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall, I mean, fairly, you know, pretty standard game. You know, Josh kind of mentioned it. it was one of those like maybe a questionable call right there at the end. But, you know, moving along. Then Saturday, second night of the back to back, a 115 109 win at home against the Memphis Grizzlies. And Evan, I, I saw a lot of it on Twitter because I was I was out doing Christmas stuff and couldn't get to watch a whole lot of it but i saw the the interaction of of john morant getting ejected i kind of want to know i mean if people didn't know like basically i guess it was memphis fans on the sideline were trying to get him fired up and like hey what you know you got to get fired up and basically jaw was like the rest need to give me a, a call would be the nice edited version of it. So, I mean, Evan, like what's, I mean, like obviously that was the big storyline of the game, but is there, was there a, a takeaway from that game just to, I mean, to build upon for the Thunder? Uh, I mean, I think uh, the hot topic of the week on this podcast last week was Lou Dort and our guy came out and played pretty well in that game. I mean, eight of 14, three of four from three. When was the last time Dort had a, had a three of four Three makes and only four attempts. Both of those yeah. pre- pretty astounding <laughs> by Dort. Yeah, five of eight for the free throw line, actually a little bit down uh, by his standards probably, but just a, a really good all-around game from Dort, and that is obviously great to see. And even though Ja 
gets kicked out. I mean, the Grizzlies have a lot of their other guys. I know they still were missing Bane at that point, but you still expect the Thunder without SGA, without uh, Giddy in that game, that they're they're, they're not going to win that game against a Grizzlies team that just wins every night, no matter who's out there, it seems, and a team that just dismantled the Bucks. I think, the night before, two nights before on national television. And it was the Thunder and Lou Dort and Isaiah Joe who really controlled that game throughout. Yep. Uh, you mentioned uh, Isaiah Joe and, um, you know, he goes five of eight from three, you know, that's pretty good. He's been a really consistent shooter. And um, I think he's one of the best shooters on the team. You know, he just hits and delivers when you need him to. And um, I expect him to keep continuing to do that. Yeah, and then moving right along to the game we really all want to talk about. Monday's win, buzzer beater for Shea, 123-121. And, and Josh, I'll, I'll kind of kick back to you here. Like, I mean, the, the celebration afterwards, and I don't think many people caught it, and it kind of went kind of – the video kind of cut it. But SGA was uh, doing the uh, the Dame wave uh, to Portland. Oh, yeah. Bitch. So, like, I mean, uh, other than – I mean, you know – having a buzzer beater for the win. I mean, like, what's the – I mean, Portland's not the best team right now either, but, I mean, is there something that the Thunder can – I mean, just even just build on from this from this buzzer beater? Um, You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, winning two games in a row, I think that's something you can build off of, Um, you know, right before SGA. Before he hit the buzzer beater, um, you know, Dame tried to hit a shot to win and he missed, and – so my buddy is a great going like, yeah, yeah, suck it, Dame, you're terrible. And um, I was like, whoa, whoa, slow down now. Like, don't jinx it. And then afterwards when SGA hits it, you know, we were all going crazy and stuff. And saying like, yeah, he did the Dame wave. But um, I think it's just a huge confidence booster for um this young team. And um, hopefully we can do it again tomorrow night and get three in a row. It does. It goes without saying, though, that uh, the the press conference was even sweeter than the, the game winner when Damian Lillard, who has not run from the grind, um, told SGA that the grass is not always greener on the other side. So pretty comforting to hear that from Dame and, and to give him his flowers right before that. Yeah, I actually hadn't seen that. That That's really cool that that Dame said it. I, I think the, the big picture takeaway for me, and it's not like this is something that we didn't already know, but you put shooting around SGA and it's just going to work. I mean, you had nope. big minutes from Mike Muscala. You had, obviously, Isaiah Joe doing what he does, three of six from three. Muscala, four of five. Kendrick Williams, two for three. And the Thunder play a lineup to close the first quarter with Shea, those three. And I believe Lindy Waters, who, who didn't make a shot, but is obviously a threat. And they closed the first quarter on a nice run to to really kind of uh, get, get them back in front. And, again, we know shooting with Shea is going to work, but it's just a, another reminder, like, hey, once this team get gets some more shooting in here, like they they could be really dangerous. And you know, it's it's just nice that we are now in a one-one tie with the Blazers for backbreaking yep. buzzer beating shots. They're both exactly the same, exactly the same level of, of pain for both sides. I won't hear any arguments any any other way. Yes. And another thing I wanted to hit on is I thought the inbounds play was incredibly brilliant. You know, they go for a two instead of you know, just maybe like not as high of a percentage shot. Um, it right. wasn't. It wasn't the Scott Brooks like run right, yes. off of a yep, terrible just... stagger screen, catches it fading away to the left, thirty footer. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's exactly what I was gonna say. And and to to even add to that, I liked how they put Dort 
in the backcourt and, and had him run, you know, basically run towards the basket as that play is starting. Because if he is in the opposite corner or on the opposite wing, that's another guy who can get in the way and be a factor that that defender. And you know what? Dort may not have the most gravity. So put him in the backcourt, make the defense. Mm-hmm. Be Brady's going to do something Absolutely. crazy and, and, and make a crazy cut. So I, I I'm with you. I love that take. It, it was a great play by, by Mark. Even just a small detail of who's screening and having Isaiah Joe forcing the switch and mm-hmm. making it a lot harder to double team coming off the inbounds because that's just a slip and a layup if if you don't, you know, execute properly. So, I mean, good on SG on getting away from it, but, like, good on Dagnoff for having a shooter set the screen and forcing the switch. And it, it is also just pretty wild. Like, yeah, Shea catches that in kind of the short corner wing area, and – J Dub, yeah, J Dub. I see now. I have to, I have to stop and think about now that both Jalen Williams are are playing <laughs> playing some minutes here lately. But J Dub, you know, throws it in and cuts to the basket, and his guy kind of stops and pauses, and could definitely go double Shea. So the guy who's guarding Shea knows that like help is there, and Shea still is able to get baseline and then completely shake him for a completely uncontested game winner from from 10 feet away i mean that's that's just not something that that happens very often and that is maybe a a partial uh disc to the blazers and also a a major props for sga for just being that that hard to stop obviously yep and it seems like most superstars you know just want to make that long three-pointer that's going to make sports center instead of you know just taking a high percentage shot to win the game like you see it with Doncic all the time and i mean it's it's crazy when you make a lot of times he ends up missing it where he could, in my opinion, you know, drive or kick it out to someone else and let them shoot. But that, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, Shea, 14 of 14 from the free throw line, uh, yep. has turned into one of the best free throw shooters in the NBA this season. I mean, he was good before, but he is – and I, I don't have his percentages in front of me, but he's got to be shooting an unreal percent from the free throw line. So he, he's 93.3% and he's taking 10 a game. Like that, that is absurd. That that's like Steph Curry, Jordan Poole fighting for, for top guy in the league percent for, for us. I, I wonder what, how close he is to a 50, 40, 90, if he already doesn't have it, because I mean, that's something with his three point attempts, it's in the realm of possibility. Cause he just doesn't shoot enough to have it, you know, tank too bad. So yeah, I wonder if that's in the realm of possibility. He he's only shooting about thirty four and a half percent from three, so he he's gonna have to have a little hot streak, and and mm-hmm. like you said, the volume is gonna have to to not be high, and he's gonna have to get hot. But yeah. he's fifty percent from the floor, so he's got the free throws and the field goal percent. He just needs there the, we go. a hot streak from three. So it's definitely it's definitely out there. It could happen. So moving right along, uh, Kate, I'm just gonna give 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 you your. Uh... As we say for uh, for SJ, give your flowers on the uh, the uh, Dort trade from last week. Uh, since Jackson's not here to defend himself, I'll just go ahead and, and give you this opportunity to uh, to to bask in this glory real quick. Uh, well, my whole point of not trading him is because this is the season, and it kind of we saw this over this stretch. This is the season he could have, you know. Uh, the number one option shooting games, and we kind of saw him be the number one option for a game there. And he did well doing it. I mean, he he shot efficiently. Uh, he only shot four threes, which whenever he's the second or third option, he shoots six and one for six. And he actually knocked down three of them. And what's even more impressive is just you know eight eight of fourteen from the from the field in general is a solid game that we could get from him next season. If we get that from him, it's I would consider that a good game next season. So just in the sense of this season is so 
exploratory on what anyone can do. However, whatever lineups, I'm just saying like, it's just, it's fine if it happens and if it fine, it's fine if it doesn't. So for this season, it's fine. You know, maybe next season we revisit and we do need to trade door. So I'll, I'll give Jackson his flowers there, but other than that door has looked pretty solid last, last few games. If, if I can add my, my one week late to two cents on, on the Dort conversation, I think where I stand on things right now is this team is going to look so much different next year with Chet in the fold, obviously, hopefully f- fingers crossed on, on that one. And then whoever they draft with whatever the pick is probably a top eight pick. I can think mm-hmm. we can say pretty safely yeah. and odds are probably higher than that. So it's going to be a, a pretty major guy who could potentially be a pretty major offensive threat and kind of guy in the hierarchy right away. So if we have these similar Dort issues where it's like, man, we're just getting way too much Dort. Like this just isn't working. Then I think we can reconsider, but it's just, it, it's hard to really definitively say for me that we should trade him now mm-hmm. because we just, we just don't know what this is going to look like with actual guys ahead of him in the pecking order that need to be taking these shots. And it like it there's uh, there's guys on the team that I would like to be seeing getting some of the shots he is, but also like I think we saw in that Grizzlies game where he didn't play, there's just not enough guys who are willing to take those shots and like are the aggressor like like Dordas. So I think there's there's some of that where it's a little bit of a Russell Westbrook like, well, no one else is taking this. I'll I'll yeah. gladly take this shot over and over again. So I'll ask you what I asked Jackson then since you weren't here. Uh, what are you asking for? You know, maybe at trade deadline, maybe in the offseason, when people might overspend a little bit. What are you asking for from Dort and a trade package? Uh, see, my if I'm trading Dort, I think it it really needs to be when it when it's time to to cash in your chips for a star because his salary. It, it's like the Marcus Smart thing with the Celtics that has never materialized, but was always the rumor like Dort has that perfect milling salary where he could be used to trade for a big salary to trade for a star. And there's really, you look up and down the roster, it's rookie scale guys and it's cheap vets and Kenrich makes a little bit more money than that. Mm-hmm. Like Isaiah Joe slightly more, but not much. Like you, you need those contracts like Dort to be able to make those trades. But if you're just talking like, Dort's value in a vacuum like I think you need a pretty good first round pick it's it's probably tough to to trade Dort for a player because if you're trading Dort it's probably to a contender and I don't like maybe like I think the Warriors are probably the one team where it's like would you trade him for Moses Moody you probably need more than just Moses Moody because Moses Moody hasn't been able to prove too much like Moses Moody plus two seconds Moses Moody plus something else interesting I don't know like like that that is and maybe the Warriors think that's way too much on their end I don't know but maybe Moody for Dort straight up is like a starting point and you can go from there that's kind of the one that pops to mind I'm just heavily intrigued to see what a defense of Dort and Chet looks like yeah Dort Dort chasing off the three-point line and taking them into Chet who gets his sixth block of the game I mean you just don't know what you're gonna see yeah, and, and I think the Thunder really need need that point of attack defender that, that Dort has because they don't have anybody else. Like, I think J-Dub could be that eventually. Maybe they draft uh, a guy who can be that, but they need the guys who can make life tough on, on Dame like he did at times last night. And obviously we've seen what he can do in a playoff series uh, against James Harden. So I, I think we hopefully see Dort's value increase with this team as they improve as he moves down the pecking order and, and shots. And we just have to hope that 
it's not a, a kind of a Russell Westbrook thing where he has the MVP season and we can't quite rein him back in to to playing the, the winning basketball that he was before. Mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully we have a scenario where Dort, he wants to win. He's willing to take that step back that he should to be able to fit in with this core guys. Yep. So kind of the other, really the only major news story from Thunder this week is uh, Trey Mann has been sent down to the G League. Uh, I believe it was kind of, a, I, don't know, I can't remember which game it was after, but it was basically, it was a planned move. So uh, first of all, do we, do we believe that? Do we believe it was a planned move? I, I don't, I, I don't know. That That's the one. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys, I'll, Evan, I'll start it with you and then you guys just go ahead and just discuss this whole thing. I I don't believe it was a planned move. I don't think it was probably ever in their plans to send Trey down to the G League. And and if it was, it's a little too on the nose as far as timing. Like he's not playing well. He's in a slump. He he had the back injury, and so he was probably struggling with that before he finally sat down. And he may still be struggling with it now. And Trey's a guy whose confidence has gone up and down. And his first two years, like a lot of guys' confidence goes up and down early in their career. So I, I think that's a big part of it right now too. And hopefully the trip down there is able to get him his confidence back. What what you worry is if he goes down there and doesn't play well, then it, it could be, you know, you could be feeling really not great about Trey Mann. And it, it's hard to kind of think about what Trey is going through and how he's been playing for a large chunk of this season and not also look at Isaiah Joe and kind of think, Trey is kind of losing his job right now. And not that either he or Joe is guaranteed to be on the next great Thunder team. But if you had to compare those two and and ask me who I think is the more likely, that's really tough. And that's not something I would have thought I, I would say even three weeks ago. You know, like it, it's been crazy. Taking off like the, the bench thing, I'm just gonna say like if you have Aaron Wiggins playing like a really solid bench player, I think I think the the job is more between Aaron Wiggins and Trey Mann because you need an Isaiah Joe who's gonna be a spot up shooter, hustle guy, and I think he he just offers that value. But I think the fight's more so between uh, Trey Mann and, and uh, Aaron Wiggins. But I think uh, about if the, the thund- if, if the Thunder keep winning every game that Aaron yeah. Wiggins starts, then he is probably going to have to keep playing six and exactly. <laughs> Joe, Joe Masato said that he's like uh, with what is it with uh, Aaron Wiggins in the starting lineup? The Thunder are six and zero on the yep. season. Yep, that's my yeah. guy. So uh, <laughs> just about the uh, the plan move thing, I think it was kind of like last week they said, "Hey, we're gonna play you to a Memphis game to see what happens, and after that, you're gonna go." Because, I mean, he didn't have an all-too bad game. I know, I know he's 4 of 10, but he had, like, a, a little hot stretch in there where, you know, maybe he got a little bit of confidence back and we would have seen something in the, the next game. But I think the G League in general is like kind of like something that the Thunder want to utilize and they have utilized a lot in the past. And they're just kind of leaning back on that to, you know, maybe get him back in rhythm. I think, honestly, him and Basil should just go down there, have a one-two punch, and just dominate. But <laughs> who am I to say? But, I mean, other than that, I think it's just a solid move to let him go get confidence and just be better than everyone for a little bit. Yep, Kate, I agree with you when you talked about, I mean, how important it is to utilize the G League since, you know, we're the, essentially the youngest team in the NBA right now. Um, you know, you want to develop your guys and see how they play. And uh, hopefully, you know, Trey Mann gets his, uh, his thunder back uh, and, you know, just starts playing better. Um, you know, we saw which Dort was down in the G League two years ago and he comes back and becomes an incredible 
defender and um, you can produce some offense. So, um, like I said, I, I think it's just important that, um, you know, you take every advantage possible and um, use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And a, he's a, he, oh, go ahead, Cade. I was just going to say, as unfortunate as, as it is, you're on a young, deep team and it's a really competitive game. Yep. And it's, you can't expect, you know, the, the consistent 10 or more minutes to have your rhythm. You just have to be able to stay ready. And maybe the G League helps him with that too. Yep. And that that's exactly what, what I was going to say here is in December, he's only averaging about 13 and a half minutes per game. And that's with Giddy m- missing, uh, you know, a couple of games. Shea's missed uh, a game or two. And I was it the the Memphis game. Yeah. The, the game where uh, Giddy and Shea are both out. How long did it take for Trey Mann to get off? Did Trey Mann get off the bench the entire first quarter? I'm, I'm not sure that he did. If he did, it would have been like within the last two minutes. He he played he played 18 minutes in that game and I remember it was like oh like Trey has not come in yet he's still not coming yet and now you said it he he played decent in that game 11 points four of ten that was his best game in in a little bit the month of December he's only averaging 13.4 minutes a game shooting about 35 percent which is only you know the previous two months been about 39 percent which that in itself not good so he's even been in in a slump as far as that goes. Three-pointers, still not good, 29%. 5.3 points per game. Like, Trey Mann is such a talented offensive player. He he can't be averaging 5.3 points per game for, for a multi-week stretch. And hopefully he's able to go down and, and get some of that confidence back because he, he looked awesome at the beginning of the season. Like, those first couple games, I'm looking back on it, he, 12, 13, 10, 25, 14. That's his first handful of games this season. And we just mm-hmm. haven't seen that guy on a consistent basis since that point. Well, and as a volume scorer, it's hard to find your rhythm when you do that. And that's more so on Trey Mann to, you know, expand your role beyond a, a volume scorer who needs 20 minutes to produce, you know, be able to produce like Isaiah Jokin in a three or four minute burst and go back mm-hmm. to the bench. You know, Aaron Wiggins kind of just steps in and just does his thing whenever he needs to. And Trey Mann doesn't have that. And it's just not in his skill set to not play maybe six straight minutes every quarter. So, it's more, it's more so on him to just kind of shift his skill and what he can do in a short amount of time and, you know, be able to come in ready. Well, and maybe he just needs to take some some easier shots from time to time, too. Yeah. Like, I love the step back. We all love the step back. It's very fun to watch, especially when it goes in. Even when it doesn't go in, it's like, yeah. it's just, it's a lot of fun just to watch him pull off the move. But I'd have to imagine if you're not in a good rhythm, like, that's a tough shot to come in and shoot cold, and he does that frequently, and that probably also explains the the percentages being what they are. That's kind of where I'm at with him and Giddy both. I just want them both, like, take the extra step and get to the rim, you know, take the easy layup, take the easy catch and shoot, and then try your floaters and your step backs. And for Josh Giddy, it's literally just the floaters. Don't take them until you've made three or four layups and because you're going to start off on a bad foot if your first shot is a step back three or, mm-hmm. you know, a floater that doesn't go, and it kind of throws you off. Well, and I think even too, you know, looking back at last year when when they sent Poku down for his his, I, I guess you call it kind of his extended blue run. I mean, and then you know coming back from that, I think it was last year. I don't know, man. It's you're right. These these last seasons right all together for me. But I mean, then you come back and then and you look at his stats after he came back. I mean, it, it looks like a completely different guy. So, I mean, I think that's something to, I mean, if he comes back, you know, if Trey Mann comes back and he's still not hitting his shots, I think that's, you know, like like you guys were saying, that's kind of when you need to be, you know, is the warning light on. Mm-hmm. And I I agree that 
well, number one, the warring light for me will be on if he doesn't go down there and absolutely tear it up. Because a guy that scores like he should, should put up a lot of numbers. Poku looked like and... Magic Johnson last year when he went. <laughs> so, I mean, Trey Man needs to look good. Yeah, he... I, I want him to look good. But also, Poku is a, is a kind of a tail on the other side of that, too, where if he comes back and it's kind of an uneven season, like, look at what Poku's doing this year. I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us were ready to not give up on Poku, but we were all pretty down on Poku and just were just not sure what we could possibly expect from the guy this year. And and he's been really good. So like Trey is still really young too. He, even if he comes back and it's a little rough, he, he needs probably a little more time than that to, to prove whether or not he is an NBA player or not. So uh, we'll go ahead and kind of wrap things up. Uh, we'll go with our, uh, Josh, we'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, go to you, then Cade, then Evan. Uh, for our very specific predictions, uh, basically we'll just be looking at the next, basically finish out the the, the last uh, three games of this homestand. So Wednesday uh, against Portland, Friday against New Orleans, and then next Tuesday right after Christmas against San Antonio. So Josh, what you have for our very specific prediction? Well, um, I think – Two games are very winnable for the Thunder, um, you know, playing Portland again tomorrow night. Um, Pelicans will be a little bit tough since uh, they're obviously really good with uh, Zion, a healthy Zion Williamson. And then um, you play San Antonio, um, a team who isn't as good. I know Greg Popovich is an unbelievable coach, but, you know, they just don't have the players to compete. Um, so for my specific prediction, I'm going to go uh, pretty obvious here, but I think the Thunder win two out of three. I think they beat Portland tomorrow. Hopefully it's on some crazy buzzer beater again and we get to do the Dame wave, which would be sweet. Um, I think we lose to the Pelicans just because I think they're just too good of a team right now. And then I think we'd be San Antonio. So those are my predictions. I'm going to go ahead and just get the, the record out of the way. I'm going to go one and two. I think we only beat uh, San Antonio because I think, you know, the Trail Bears have a good team in them. They have the depth. They have, you know, everything they need to be a good team. And I just like them to come bounce back in Oklahoma City and be, beat us down a little bit. Uh, Pelicans, I'm also going to write that off as a loss. I'm going to take a Spurs win with a Josh Giddy 30-point game. Oh, okay. You didn't quite steal mine, but you <laughs> you, ba- you basically did. I was look I, I was looking at Giddy's uh, game log because he has quietly been putting together a a really good month after he had mm-hmm. been, after he's yeah. been up and down this season. That this month he's averaging almost 16 a game basically 10 rebounds, five and a half assists, but most impressively 46% from the field and 44.4% from three, 90% from the free throw line too in that stretch. My way too specific prediction was Josh Giddy set a career high for five three pointers made in Ooh. one of these next three games. His career high is four. I'm saying he gets a, a five three pointer game because he he's been shooting. He's been shooting the crap out of the ball lately. It's been shocking and great to see. With the kind of efficiency, don't you just have to turn it up one time and you know shoot eight times to see what you can do? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh yeah, and 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 the Spurs are a terrible team that I would yep. love to see him get nine three point attempts against. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna say for my other specific prediction, uh, Isaiah Joe drops uh, 35 points tomorrow night. <laughs> oh. I love it. Oh well, I guess I'll finish it up. Uh, Kate and I have got something pretty cool in the works, so I'll drop a little hint here. Um, my very specific prediction will be, um, and w- with it being Christmas, I've got to throw this. Uh, Santa Williams, J Dub, Jalen Williams, he's gonna drop himself. Uh, apparently, a thirty piece is just very popular uh, w- with us tonight. Yep. A thirty piece against the Spurs. 
that's that that's my uh guys the so, the thunder are gonna score a lot of points if they all are gonna these guys score, do this against it'll be about 160 points <laughs> yeah. if we're if and we're we don't scoring. even we're not even accounting for awesome. shay oh, we're not yeah. even accounting for shay which by the way if you haven't go vote for the dude for the all-star game yeah, uh exactly. one one time a day uh between now until mid-february go, don't go don't vote for luca don't vote for any other guards you know put put get in there for fun but yeah. don't outvote <laughs> shay with your second vote being luca or something yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, better, better yet, just just vote for all the Thunder players. So let's get a whole Thunder team on the All Star. There you team. go. <laughs> Poku in the All Star game. Oh, that would be. <laughs> I would oh. love to see the behind the head pass in the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. um, oh. Well, folks, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us this week here on the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do next week or not. Depends if we can get a get a couple of the guys here together. We might mm-hmm. get get one out after in between Christmas and New Year's. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, with, like I said, Kate and I, we've got something pretty cool hopefully coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're very excited about that. So. Evan and Josh don't even know what we're talking about. And it's, that just makes it even funnier. So, I have no uh, clue. oh man. So, well, um, from all of us uh, over here at Boomtown Hoops, Merry Christmas, number one. And uh, Thunder Up, make sure you go vote for Shay and just the whole entire Thunder crew. So, uh, for Josh, Evan, Kate, I'll even throw Jackson in here, even though he's not on this one. I'm Steven. We will see y'all next time. <laughs>